Welcome to the Overthinking It Downton Abbey TV Recap, U.S. Part 7, British Episode 8. I'm Pete Fenzel. I'm here with Matt Rather. Matt Rather. This is the episode where Mr. Bates murders a guy and we all go to the church bazaar. Are you feeling good about the end of the season, Matt? So this is the thing that I've been waiting. I've been waiting <laughs> to happen, which okay. is that Mr. Bates kills a guy. Yes. Right. And it's it's not clear. I mean, spoiler alert, it will become clear that he actually did the thing, you know? Yeah. Um, as clear as it, I mean, it could be. It's not like they show a flashback of it happening or anything. No, but it's no, 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 no. That never, yeah, that never happens. Yeah. But, uh, but here, I mean, there is doubt. I mean, it, you know, it's, it has its suspicions. It still could be an accident at this yeah, point. Sure. You know course. what I mean? But um, later on, uh, later on, we will find out that he actually, he actually did the guy. And so uh, I, um, I, I wanted to talk about this, and I wanted to talk about vengeance. Right. And sort of exacting vengeance and our desire for vengeance to be exacted on this awful character who attacked Anna and um, and for Bates to, to for Bates to be sort of vigilante. Right. A sort of agent of justice. Right. Like, do we in some sense take pleasure uh, in the fact that that, you know, he takes care of business. Right. And that he's going to, uh, you know, he's going to go and and uh, take this take this guy out. And are we sort of complicit in that? Is it I mean, is there a sense in which it's it's like a good thing to do, mm-hmm. you know, uh, because this is this is a a. a um, a show that has sort of indulged in the idea, in the fantasy, and we've talked, I mean, I've talked about, like, the idea of, like, wishes and fears in a psychoanalytic reading where sort of Anna would actually kind of like Bates to, uh, her husband, I should say, John John Bates, right? To I, I got in trouble for getting the names wrong, so I'm going to be super self-conscious about it during this podcast. But, you know, she'd like him to act as her defender. And when she says she fears it, you know, in, in a psychoanalytic reading, well, she kind of wishes for that thing. It's simultaneously longed for and feared because, you know, we, we, uh, uh, in the, the psychoanalytic view, we are creatures of mixed feelings and not much else. So the, the, um, uh, the idea that she wants him to to go, uh, but that she can't she can't tell him because he's a rampaging beast and will go off and commit murder, right? And she, the woman, has to keep the man's passions in check. Is a related? It's a distinct but a related idea to the man. The idea that like a man is a sexual rampaging beast, and it's actually the responsibility of the woman to keep the man's sexual rampaging beastness in check and maintain her chastity and and things like this. So I've not been I've not been happy in the show kind of indulging in this. And I I frankly wasn't happy with the resolution to uh to this plot line. To to this crappy plot line, this crappy crappy resolution was like the crappy frosting on the crappy cake um at the crappy church bazaar, <laughs> you know? So I I don't know. Did what what did you think of this as a as a resolution to this plot line that we've talked about as being sort of not idiomatic to the show and you know, troubling and problematic for a lot of reasons. Uh, I mean, I thought it wasn't really much of a resolution at all. I, I personally, I've, I've hinted to or spoken openly in our recaps about my own experience of, of 
a loved one of mine being sexually assaulted, and certainly the urge for vengeance is is, is something that's present at the time. And and I, of course, didn't take vent. I never found out who the person was. The person was never reported. The person would never face justice. Uh, very common circumstance, right? Very difficult to deal with for everybody. Um, and but I didn't feel any satisfaction with him just going and kind of randomly pushing the guy in front of a car. Right, because it's not going to make anybody less likely to hurt anybody else in the future that this guy got randomly secretly murdered. Right, everybody thinks it was an accident. Certainly, it's not going to do anything about the deep harm that is the shame and the damage to Anna's and Bates's marriage that happened because of this thing. Right, like which was associated not just with the violence of the act, but the shame associated with it, and the fact that our social organization can't really deal with it. And that's not me importing things. Like it's pretty obvious that the Downton Abbey social organization can't deal with it either and that they didn't know what to do and the whole show came apart at the seams when they tried to put this thing in the show so like i didn't even i I mean you describe it as a resolution for me looking at this episode the only resolution i saw is that mary's back on the market she's hot to trot and she's got suitors right and like that's the resolution uh certainly the issue with edith's baby isn't resolved really i mean the baby's going to be around like the problems that were pointed out earlier are still going to be there uh certainly thomas hasn't been satisfied and his plot never came to fruition for me, the episode didn't feel very final, though I get the sense that for you, especially, I think, given the chance to watch the whole thing twice, uh, you, I mean, yeah, this is the end of the British season. The, the end of the American season will be next episode, which is the Christmas special, which aired a few months after and is a bit of a coda and is something a little different. We won't talk about it. But for all intents and purposes, this is the end of a narrative arc. And it's one that I think, yeah, leaves a lot to be desired. Leaves right. a lot to be desired. Yeah, yeah. So this, I mean, this was the end. This aired in Britain last summer or last fall yeah. or something like that. And then there was a break of weeks or months uh, until the Christmas special, which is airing next week in in the States. So this is, I mean, this is an interesting thesis for our discussion of, of this episode and what it does, right? Like a lot of, a lot of events that purport to be resolutions, but aren't. Yeah, you know, exactly. And that, that's, that's sort of interesting, right? The baby, the baby is, um, you know, I don't know, going to be given up for adoption in Switzerland, but that would be a terrible kind of Downton Abbey if you could actually get rid of the baby and not have it around as a constant source of <laughs> potential embarrassment. Yeah. You know, uh, right. Um, uh, turns out Tom kind of has the hots for a woman who's a teacher in the school, you know, and he gets all sweaty and fixes her car. Oh, jeez. Uh, you know. Uh, I was overwhelmed by that. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, yeah, it's it's no it's no whatever them in the rain, right? Like it lacks it lacks all the intensity and emotion of his romance with Sybil, as well as all of the sexiness of Sybil and awesomeness of Sybil in general. But they don't make them like they used to. That's what that stopped in the 1920s. <laughs> but. <laughs> um, but yeah, 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 definitely, uh, and certainly, uh, what I guess. Um, the I guess even though the Rose, Dowager, oh yeah, is, sorry, Rose, oh, no, Dowager no. Countess, yeah. I mean, the Dowager Countess's health has improved, and I guess her relationship with Isabel has improved, right? But did I get that name right? Is it Isabel? Crud. Uh, with Matthew's mom, his relationship with Matthew's mom has come to a new sort of mutual understanding, which hasn't really left the general area of the Venn diagram associated with contempt. So it's hard to say that that that's really gone anywhere. Um, It really does feel like... Rose Rose is no longer dating the black guy. 
I guess. So that happens. <laughs> so that happened. If she ever, I, yeah, exactly. If she ever, if she ever uh, really was, if she um, ever was, yes. In, we don't, we don't really title these episodes because they're just titled the name of the episode or like the number of the episode. But like, as if Rose was ever really dating the black guy, wouldn't really be a terrible name for this. <laughs> Because it's like, were these things ever really the problem of a season of Downton Abbey? Is is one of the questions that comes to mind. Um, but yeah, gosh, I, 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 what what remains? I mean, Robert has been gone. Did he like have to go film? Like, was he filming Monuments Men, and that's why he like, wasn't around? When you know, they were we, making this? it's so funny. We taught, we didn't really remark on that whole like cat is away aspect. Like, you know, yeah. the paterfamilias is gone. And he's uh, right, and like the the things fall apart under him because largely, you know, they don't. Yeah, right? no. the, the great it turns, machine. Yeah, he doesn't really do that much. <laughs> he just kind of hangs out and eats dinner at his I, ex. I wondered about that, especially when Cora was talking about like all the work associated with the church bazaar, and I was like, really, <laughs> really, like, yeah, I guess you got to stand around and tell people where to put things, and you might have to like carry a plate. Or yeah. something. <laughs> I mean, I love the point where Tom Tom refers to her as like another beast of burden, and when she was just like carrying a plant, right? Like she's like she carried a plant from her house to outside of her house, and then it's like, oh, is that the great Duchess of Grantham? She works hard too, just like regular people, by carrying a plant to her lawn for a big party, a big fancy party. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, come on. I don't know. This might have been a this might have been a season where the politics kind of got away from. Julian Fellows or what have you a little bit too, where he wants so hard for his his uh, the the fact that these people like these characters didn't end up on the right side of history seems to irk people making the show to no end, and it finally came out this season in a whole bunch of ways that kind of damaged the lightheartedness of the show. Um, but I don't know. It's just these are good people. How come we don't have nobles like this anymore who take care of and are employers in the community? I don't believe in types. I believe in people. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah that, there, there it was. And that was as close to a thesis statement, right, maybe for the series as yeah. we've heard. And, and yeah, that's what I thought. Like at the end of the season, when Julian Fellows wants to send a message, he does not uh, use Western Union. You know? yeah. he, like, <laughs> he puts it in the mouth of dramatic characters. Uh, so, um, so there are a couple, right? Like uh, I don't believe in types. I don't believe in people. Um, another one I, I saw uh, when, um, when the babies come in, there was a great, like, very densely packed thing when the babies come into the draw. Is it the drawing room or the library? In the library. They're all in the library. And the nurse brings the children in. Um, and uh, I don't think anyone will mind, says Mary. Uh, and then, of course, his papa might, but he's not here. And uh, the Dowager Countess gets up to leave. Um, you know, this uh, uh, Cora says to her, stay for dinner. You don't need to change. And Violet replies, uh, you should change and I should go. You know? Yeah. That, yeah. The, I mean, and like as the sands in the hourglass, Pete, so are the days of our lives. The yeah. gener- <laughs> One generation is let in by the nanny and one generation is ushered out. Uh, the da- you and and you should change. The responsibility of change lies with you, the young. And I should die, right? right. I should go. Yeah. Uh, that's that's what's that's what's being uh, 
That's what's being said there. Another- Which is, of course, such a self-pitying thing. It's such a manipulative thing to say because what's the response? Oh, we don't want you to die. We want you to hang out. Like, you don't have to. But we then don't ask me to change because I, I already need an offer. I already offered to die. So if you're not going to accept that, then don't expect me to do anything with this black boyfriend of yours. Right. Right? Like, it's just, it's, it's a little bit much. It's a little bit much. Um, he's, uh, uh, okay, so the next one. Uh, it's time Granny learned about the real world. Well, that's a phrase with more than one definition. That's true. You there know? is a the real world. What happens when seven people live in a house <laughs> and every need of theirs is catered to by thirty five people, and they all stop being polite except for everyone all the time who is always polite, <laughs> and they start getting real, which is, I guess, whatever happens in this house, the real world, Downton Abbey. Yes, exactly. So. What is real, Matt? What is reality? When, when, especially when you're making a TV show about a, histor- about a history that never happened, about a bunch of people who never existed. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Did you notice how often the word golly was used in this episode? I think there was a higher gollies per minute count than at any point previously in the series of Downton Abbey. Uh, people saying golly. Golly, life is full of surprises. Or Jack Ross later saying golly. You know. Yeah, I wonder. It's. I wish I knew more about where, like, when the word "golly" came into the vernacular. Because all I can find in terms of etymology on it is that it goes all the way back to 1775, but as a sort of zoons kind of word that derives from religious euphemism, right? Like uh, where it's about. Oh, it, it means it means God. It's like a shorthand. It's like saying God without saying God. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, or by God or God, God like or you know something. I don't know God. Yeah. God lay with you, or so, I don't know. Yeah, that, but that. like, did they do meticulous research and find that 1923 was the year when Golly really started getting on board with people? <laughs> right, and, like, and and Mary is glaring at Edith, being like, "Stop trying to make fetch happen." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stop trying to make Golly happen. It's not going to happen. Uh, unfortunately, it's going to happen. It's going to be huge. You have no idea. Oh, so uh, right, but it's it's like it's a uh, the way it's used. Um, is is as an exclamation of surprise, but of the sort of, I don't know, of the sort of most mild, of the sort of most mild surprise. And actually a very mild excl- exclamation of mild surprise, you know? Right. It's sort right, of right. like an exclamation of surprise that is neither really an excla- exclamation nor really a surprise. Right, which is about the level of shock that we were accustomed to in this sort of entertainment. Right. Although, no, we have all sorts of surprises. That's not fair to say. It's not, su- it's all level of shocks. Pamuk isn't that far back. You know, I, I really want to think about this whole thing in terms of, of Pamuk a little bit. The, right? long, the long shadow of Pamuk. The long know. shadow of Pamuk <laughs> hangs over all of this. Because Downton Abbey starts with a dude getting murdered. And this season ends with he a doesn't, dude. He doesn't get murdered. He dies from the bad sex with Mary. He gets sex murdered. They, she murders him with her sinful femininity. It is her fault. No, it's clearly not. You're <laughs> he, he's a rampaging sex beast, and he's Indian. But what's he's more, not Indian, he's Turkish. He's, he's Turkish. <laughs> I just can't handle it. I'm sorry. I just can't handle it. Oh man, I I can't. I'm just thinking about it. Is I do think it's interesting to think about the difference in in terms of like how do we deal with these people who died who we aren't going to talk about. Right, and, and who, like, we're sort of going to, like, protect the secret of how they died for the good of the house, right? Like, 
and how much and I know that yes, you know, Mary didn't murder Pamuk, obviously. Pamuk died because of a heart problem or something, and he should not have been engaging in sexual activity with heiresses without the express consent of us of us, his physician. And that's like hmm. the thing that he didn't do before he started horseback riding and all right. that other nonsense. You know, like if he you know, if he didn't want to have cardiac arrest, he shouldn't have been dressing all sexy in his Turkish outfit. But um but you know, this guy that Bates murdered, I mean yeah, maybe. I don't know. I kind of want to know what people in general think that I feel just irreparably biased in this issue. I like. I don't feel a shred of satisfaction at Bates murdering this guy. I feel like, if anything, it just makes the situation worse. Like, how does, how does Bates being a murderer now, like, how does that make anything better? Right? Like, how is that? I mean— Right, yeah, just, that, that was going to be my question. What does this solve? Like, what does yeah. this ameliorate? Yeah, like, like, because the real problem that we care about is their marriage, and are we really to believe that this guy being killed in a traffic accident is really going to make Anna? I guess he's not going to be around anymore, but like, and that was bad. But certainly, when he wasn't around, things weren't great. I mean, they were sort of slowly coming back together, but it wasn't because of this guy's relative proximity to like the mawing void of the abyss, right? Like, or the the like the gaping maw of the abyss. Like, it wasn't the, this guy's proximity to death that was making them feel better. It was the healing process that they were going through right and then of course there's got to be some how about that how about in terms of the sort of sexual double standards that are in play here how about the idea that bates murdering this guy appears to have had like no negative connotation no, no negative effect on bates's psychology whatsoever right like bates does not come back to downton a like shaken man right or like troubled in any way he's just like as if he just you know, went somewhere, had a nice dinner and a big poop. And he came back and he's got his newspaper folded under his arm, right? Like, and it's just like, everything's fine and dandy, except that it's the same as it was when he left. And it's just like, I just don't know. I just, I just feel like doing that sort of thing to another human being, even another human being who you're really sure deserved it, is going to hurt you. It is going to bother you, you know, especially if you're like a soft, tender kind of person. Now, granted, he's been in war. He's killed people before, you know, most likely. Uh, he's been, you know, I mean, he's been in prison, right? He's like, been in prison, you know. And like, he, he, even in prison, he was a badass, right? Remember in the yard when they were all walking around and he totally, you know, uh, he totally tees off on that guy up against the wall without anyone oh, yeah. noticing or something? Something, yeah, right, like he's he's badass. Bits badass. He's a rampaging beast, Pete. <laughs> I'm not here having tea with you. You're here having tea with me. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> um, three good titles for this episode. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but it's like you know, it's it's if if what we want is for this marriage to get better. Um, if what we want is justice, it's not justice because it's not just if, if a society doesn't know about it, right? It, it's not justice if there's no deterrent that comes out of it. It's not justice if there's – if it's not – if it still has to be covered up. It's certainly not justice. Um, right. Certain- that's, that's, that's interesting. I mean I, I wonder about that in, in a cosmic sense, right? The, um, the idea that a, that a person being brought to justice is, is a, a social act. I'm, I, you know, I don't know. I'm not sure. There may be some sort of private justice or something. But in Downton Abbey, where the important thing is always the sort of functioning of the complex social molecule – and, uh, you know, society and the idea of, like, our obligations to each other uh, are paramount, then, yes, absolutely, there's no justice uh, without, without its being public, right? There, mm-hmm. There's no justice without it kind of reverberating through all the atoms in this complex social molecule. And, and that's, that's just to sort of go from the, the sublime to the ridiculous a little bit. That's what's wrong with Rose, you know, mm-hmm. is that she doesn't give a crap about yeah. that. And she says, you know, I love him and we're 
we're going to get married no matter the cost. You know, and that's, that's why she's wrong. You know, um, that's, that's why what she's doing is bad because that, because she wants to do it no matter the cost. And we don't do things no matter the cost in Downton Abbey. We do things with, with consideration of our obligations to the world and our, our role in the great complex social molecule of, uh, English society at the time and, uh, and all of this being, you know, it's, it's almost worse than murder. Right is uh, d- is what roses do. What roses do? Dating a black guy is worse than murder. Uh, dating a band leader is yeah. what Robert would really object to. Well, is that from this, is that from next episode? Or no, this no, episode? that's the, that's from this that's episode. This episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To be fair, Mary says to Jack. To be fair, uh, he would object to, and she doesn't say being black. Says he would object to your being a band leader more than he would to um, to color yes. uh, to your color. Is how yes. she is, and he she... laughs at that as if it's a joke, but it's like really not a joke. No, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like really not a yeah, joke. Yeah, after she snuck in through the back entrance, and by the way, like seeing Lady Mary in the back entrance is uh, ex- extremely incongruous, you know. Um, but but what Jack says is, uh, you know, you agree with my mother. My mother says Rose was proving some point. Yes. No, I have a question. Is proving a point really a bad thing to do? You know, <laughs> right? Like when there is a social ill at stake, like doesn't it take some people willing to, to sort of prove a point and willing to withstand some uh, negativity or even, uh, I'm sorry, I don't mean to minimize it, a great deal of, of negativity? Uh, as, as Mary says, they'll be scheming to break you up every minute of every day. Um, it, is it bad to prove a point, well, yes, in Downton Abbey, when you don't care what it costs, you yeah. know. But that's—I mean, I don't know. That's that's interesting because that is actually what moves uh, moves the culture forward, right? Like people proving points who don't who don't care. Yeah, what it I mean, costs. certainly, I've seen many films about people who are out for vengeance to try to prove a point of the person who like assaulted their wife and family. I mean, Steven Seagal's made like a dozen of them, right? Like Brian Bosworth, all sorts of people. So, because what I, 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 what I am is a man with a certain set of skills. <laughs> exactly. Like if I know which fork to use at the table, <laughs> I get dressed in an elaborate forty-five minute ritual every day. Like, I, what if the Taken guy just went to the guy's house and? killed him like what if the taken guy just went to istanbul or whatever or went to paris and just killed the guy and there was no phone call warning him that we all got to watch right would it still like demonstrate to everybody that you know that that this sort of vengeance for kid daughter kidnapping is something that exists in the world and like would it have the same effect on all of us i don't know i i, I think when i watch downton abbey i want to think that everything that's happening is parallel to everything else and it's all trying to say the same thing at the same time although i tend to think that about television in general and sort of search for those sorts of parallelisms in downton abbey it often seems to be the case and we've talked about it before and that's one of the things that's been really troubling about the whole bates and anna plot line is that it makes those kinds of parallels very very difficult but i think you do come up with something here which is this idea of you know i'm going to do this thing out on my own then and they don't have anything to say about it, and then sort of showing different uh, different ways of looking at that. Um, the the you know because Edith is doing something that's sort of out on her own that nobody has anything to say about, right? And and uh, and she has her own kind of secret, and these all things all sort of get consummated, right? And this this final acts become kind of indelible at this point, right? Like the the baby is going to be nearby, and that's happened. 
And uh, well, you know, no, we Rose, don't know. We're going to we're going to Switzerland actually to to, oh, yeah. to have the baby. Oh, so they're going to Switzerland to have the baby, and then they're going to bring the baby back to give to the farmer dude. Is no, that there's there. We, Edith wants to give it at this point. Edith oh, okay. wants to give it to the farmer dude. Okay, and okay. Uh, but um, everyone has, is prevailing on her to go to Switzerland. So she can still it. have her Nazi adventure. <laughs> oh man, I can't wait! I hope that she's going to Switzerland on a train, and then it gets stopped by the Nazis. Springtime for Edith and Switzerland. And so, like, so, so what it is is that you're hearing the Downton Abbey music, except with like a Marshall German drum beat at the end, and all you see are a bunch of ladies' hats as like these members of the SS in these gray suits are going through, and all of a sudden one of the hats rises up and all we see from behind is this like thickly pregnant shape of a woman in her 20s finery and she starts hurling Nazi officers out of the train left and right and then she turns to the other ladies and she says no ticket (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Julian if you're listening get on it get on it get on it Um, but yeah so these things have a certain so Oh gosh, what do we want to say about um Isabel dating the dude, the the chiseled dude? Um yeah, the, he's, uh, it hasn't it hasn't gotten very far at the, at this point. Well, but I mean, I don't know. It seems inevitable, right? Yeah, like, this guy this guy has a very good RP. I just want to say he says the word peer as pia. You know? <laughs> so when it, you say RP, what does that mean? Uh oh, it stands for received pronunciation and it's the it's the upper class accent. Oh, okay, okay. So he has an excellent upper class accent as an actor pretending to be an upper class Englishman or being an upper class Englishman. Yes, okay. uh, yes. It, it, he when he and it's when he's talking about medicine. He wanted to go into medicine, but his father didn't think it was a, it was suitable for a peer. Ah, gotcha, gotcha. So, so how about that great moment where uh, he's dropping her off at the house? Yep. <laughs> and uh and he's like oh like how's your son doing or whatever <laughs> and she's like oh he's dead uh and he's like oh I, f- I forgot who you are or who you were that's a great line that i forgot i forgot for a moment who you were yes right? yes um that, and like like a what a way to put that yeah definitely and like what is how much does that have to say about everything else that we've said here Right, you know how much of these people taking these actions, sort of in secret, are about either about uh, rec- like reconciling in scare quotes or uh, or problematizing, you know, not in scare quotes, the th- the the idea of I forgot who you were, um, I didn't I didn't know who this person was that I was with or that I was around, right? Like like Rose forgot who she was when she went out with Jack Ross. You know, maybe Edith forgot who she was when she uh, signed up for this whole deal in the first place. And then we're going to have to find out who she is once she gets the baby in Switzerland and has to flee from the Nazis to Casablanca, to Rick's place. Of all the gin joints and all the cities in all the world, you had to bring that baby into mine. Uh, <laughs> you must remember this. This is still a kiss. Quiet, quiet. Play some Wagner. <laughs> Nazi Edith. No, um, but yeah, like, I guess there's this idea that we have to remember who we are. I yeah. suppose. I'm really, I mean, of, of all the kind of all the, the gin joints in all the world, of all the things, um, I'm going to connect this up with something that Ryan and I talked about on the TFT podcast uh, vis a vis the Beach Boys. Oh, on, great. On Brian Wilson's seminal Pet Sounds uh, record, there's a tune called That's Not Me, right? And it's, uh, you know, I, 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 all these people wanted me to do these things, but that's not me, 
right? And um, and I pointed out that this involves uh, this involves actually a very complex sort of interaction, right? That's to say, that's not me, uh, because there is an observer, there is a person making the statement. And saying that, that pattern of behavior or that event or that circumstance is, I, I claim, is not equivalent to me, which is not me, the observer, but me, an idealized version or a, uh, a sort of public uh, or officially sanctioned version of myself. So there are actually three entities there. There's right a, a negative pattern of behavior. There's a there's an idealized image of the self, and then there is like the 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 speaker mediating between the two of those things and saying that that's that that's not me. And sort of when you when you forget who you are, what it is is that you sort of dr- you the the subject sort of drift closer to the negative pattern of behavior or or your um, private goals, your private aims, your private interests come out of alignment, right, with your public, publicly sanctioned, I should say, aims uh, and or interests. And, um, and the idea, and, and Downton Abbey has really made hay uh, with this before, especially in the area of romance, also in the area of murdering a Turkish diplomat <laughs> with, <laughs> your bad, with your bad lady sex. But... Um, the, right, the the uh, has has made hay with this like sort of individual feeling versus social role, the idea of sort of seeming versus being, um, but but it really seems to come down on really seems to come down on the side of well, it, by a kind of magical coincidence, when all's right with the world, we really are our social roles after all. You know, uh, I don't believe in types. I believe in people. And it just so happened that that people organize themselves in this fashion uh, when left to their own devices. You right, know? right. Because um, well, so, I can roll up my sleeves and fix a car tire. And that's and I understand how people work. You know, I'm I believe in the American working man because that's who I am. And that's what I care about. Right. Like there's a, do- a dollar in the comments for anybody who nails that reference. But uh, oh, geez, yeah, it's because you also because it is you can't extricate your subjectivity from your experience of yourself as you don't approve of yourself, right? Like you can't say that I wasn't. You can say maybe that's not me, but you can't say that 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 I wasn't there, right? Like you can't say that that is you know that I wasn't around, that I wasn't part of it. I don't know. I guess it all goes back to who I is in the first place. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know. It is it is always kind of lovely when we find the rare sorts of poetries that allow us to briefly bring into alignment the things we wish to be true and the things that seem to be described by events. Uh, <laughs> So, but like they do church, require us to like move a church, just like a giant church bazaar, you know, <laughs> uh, right? When the when the people from the estate and the people from the village and everybody comes out for the church bazaar, I mean, and Mosley is treating Baxter so nicely. She's uh, he's the real noble, yeah. You know, Mosley. I think he's going to be the hero of the next. He's the one who's going to have to go to Germany to visit to rescue Edith from the Nazis, right? <laughs> he's going to have to. He and Baxter are going to have to like get a fedora and a big thick leather. Uh, Jack, a duster, and like just cruise in there in their little uh, Volkswagen and get him out of there. But no, he is gallant, and he is, and for some reason, Baxter, who is not allowed to have any exposition, for some reason that we don't entirely understand, uh, appears to have had her plot arc solved before it was fully explained to us. So she seems to be doing okay, so good for Baxter. 
Um, there should be more of those. There should be more characters who, like, you right before you find out what everything is about, it's all fixed. And you're like, okay, that's fine. It's, <laughs> she, she has a boyfriend now, so everything's better, right? Like, uh, and again, again, these are not, yes, Isabel's not really going on dates. She's just walking to her house. And yes, like, Baxter isn't really going on a date. She's at work with one of her coworkers, and they happen to be at a carnival game. But, you know, that's sort of what it feels like when you see those scenes, so... And I'm willing to draw yeah, that clear. It's position. meant to, I mean, it's meant to be a date, right? Like it's as close as you're going to get in this, yeah. in this world. Yes, you know? because you live a life of servitude and you don't have a great deal of freedom of where you want to go and live your life. It actually, I mean, it, it struck me not to get all Maureen doubt on you, but it, it struck me. <laughs> <laughs> it's the fourth title. Um, it's, it struck me that this, uh, that like they, they work pretty much constantly for 18 hours from the moment they wake up until the moment they lay their head on the pillow again. Right. Yeah. Like the, the, uh, you know, they're, I don't know, carrying firewood or emptying chamber pots or something. I don't know. We talked about the issue of indoor plumbing. I don't know how they poop. Is anyone an expert in the in the plumbing of the time? I mean, we had indoor plumbing in, in the 20s. Oh, yeah. Would a house like uh, Downton Abbey have been retrofitted with... Um, you know, with the new with the new crappers that I hear so much about, or uh, or I don't know, would they would they still ha- be pissing in a pot? Uh, well, I mean, they have indoor plumbing in King's Landing and Game of Thrones, so they probably have it in Downton Abbey. But uh, let, I was actually just watching the episode of Game of Thrones where they talk about the the pipes that dump the poop in, into the poor neighborhoods. Um, let's see. Indoor plumbing with cold and hot water. I'm looking up like a, a Downton Abbey revisited.net, which has some uh, people discussing the history of, uh, of indoor plumbing in this area. Uh, they were afraid to do it. We never see giant hulking servants called watermen that would have been employed to haul the water all around the place. Another is that Cora is from America where indoor plumbing and regular bathing are, and, are, had caught on much earlier. I don't think she would have put up with Robert being hesitant. Doesn't mean they had a large number of bathrooms relative to the size of the house. So, okay. And this is, by the way, this is uh, Edwardian Hygiene, posted by uh, Chelsea 5 Eva on the uh, Downton Abbey Revisited message board. Um, and she, she links to a couple of resources about it. The point is that there would have been other ways for them to poop on a, in a privy in the house. Like, whether it was an actual pump that pumped it outside or not, they wouldn't have been going out to an outhouse. Right, they would have been like pooping into something that would have been shipped out, sort of like a porta potty. Uh, and we never see these guys coming and going from the house, either upstairs, downstairs, front door, back door. So they probably aren't there. Um, I don't know. I don't know if we would think about Cora taking a poop. Uh, she doesn't really seem to be the kind of person who poops. I bet you, if she were to relax a little bit, a whole bunch of human waste would come out. <laughs> <laughs> How about the congratu- How about that? How about that? Is like the least satisfying conclusion to a season of television. Being the didn't didn't Cora do a great job with the church bazaar? Isn't Look. she? Isn't Cora amazing? <laughs> who has not been in this season like at all or had anything to do with anything that's happened right and it's like oh you did such a great job like renting these tables uh it was so nice no, no, no. giving tab- giving, giving instructions them. for the yeah. for the renting of the tables they like have the tables in the back room they have like a separate house where they keep the tables that they use for the church bazaar and all she did was carry out a plant while other people did everything that they were oh i can't handle it i 
just I just can't handle it anymore. I feel like Downton Abbey, I don't know. We'll see what direction it goes in, but I feel like it's kind of near the end of its run. Like how much more of this can they possibly do? Um I'm just I'm exhausted with it. What do you think, Matt? Do you think that there's another season of Downton Abbey in them? Are they going to do another one? Yeah, Are I think com- there I mean I think there is. I think they're contracted for another one or or Julian Fellows is. But Julian Fellows got a uh you know, got a plum TV writing gig uh, about like Gilded Age um, Newport or something like that. So he's coming to America oh. and is going to make that going to make that big American TV money. I was really hoping you were going to say that he wrote the British season of Twenty Four that's coming, <laughs> the Live Another Day Jack Bauer in London, when most of which is him at high tea at the Ritz, right? Like, right. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, so I think we need to bring this recap to a close before it becomes as long as the episode that it's recapping. So uh, do you have any final thoughts, Matt, on this uh, this part of this saga, this sort of season finale before the true coup de grace? Uh, coming up next week? No, I think. I mean, I think we can sort of stretch out, stretch out our thing. I, I had one observation. I had one observation that I that I wanted to share. Um, I'm looking up now the actor who plays Jack Ross in uh, in the show, um, and and I think he is. Is he actually an American or is he a British person trying to play an American? You know, because I think it. I think it. It matters. I noticed a sort of contrast in in their acting styles. Um, no, he is from. Uh, he's from London. So this was, in fact, very good acting on the part of Mr. Gary Carr, who plays the role of uh, of Jack Ross. Are you saying that that actor was in red, white, and blue face the whole time? That's unacceptable. That's also a terrible joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize to everyone in future generations for that joke that just happened. <laughs> so yes, that was good acting. He seemed very convincingly American. Well, uh, what, what I'm what I'm about to say is that I sort of noticed in the scene between him and um, between him and Mary in the the back room in the practice room or green room or whatever of the club. Um, he seemed to be kind of huffy and emoting, whereas she maintained her her you know chilly patrician reserve, mm-hmm. right? And I thought, well, that's an interesting sort of contrast between American and British acting styles, you know. Whereas they they will go to just just like the the look of utter mortification that flashes. Um, across Sir Cheeks-a-Lot's faces, uh, face when he says, I forgot who you were. Um, you know, the, the British are, are connoisseurs of, of embarrassment and humiliation and, and, and just contort themselves in all kinds of ways socially and in speech to, to avoid it. Um, and, uh, and they are also, as, as you know, Mary demonstrates, masters of sort of chilly reserve and sort of keeping, uh, keeping, um, uh, you know their their emotions under under wraps, uh, putting a smooth glossy surface on anything. As, as as Robert says, you know, boy, that was strong talk for an Englishman when he dares to suggest that husbands and wives might love each other and work out their problems, uh, though they, though they be though they be hard. Um, it seemed like uh, Jack Ross was getting all getting all emo, and Mary was maintaining her her chilly reserve. Um, how unlike. How unlike the people who have uh, been spurned by Mary, 
right? Mm-hmm. Um, unlike the British people. So I thought, well, th- if that's an American actor, I think you're seeing the difference between uh, American, British, uh, American and British acting, the American sort of more focused on the emotive, right? Uh, but in fact, what it is, is, a, uh, is an English actor um, doing a very convincing impersonation of an American <laughs> actor. Oh, man. Uh, playing, an American, playing an American character. And good on you, sir, uh, Mr. Gary Carr. Uh, well done. Excellent, excellent. And well done to all of you uh, for having continued to stay with the Overthinking of Downton Abbey recaps through this fourth season of Downton Abbey. We will wrap it up with part nine, part eight, British episode nine, the Christmas special, the Downton Heist, we'll be talking about next week. Uh, also known as Crawley's Eleven, we'll be talking about it. Uh, well, hopefully, we'll get Ben Adams on here, who's been absent for most of the season because we love his take on the Downton Abbey series when we can get it. Uh, but that's all for next week. For this week, that is also all, and we leave you. But to join us, please follow us to our web destination, our own little slice of Yorkshire on the information superhighway, which you can find at www.overthinkingit.com, where we subject the popular culture oh, doing to this. scrutiny. Excellent. It. Probably, Probably doesn't, doesn't deserve. deserve.